Dear Belle, Amelia says she can get this letter to you if I fill out the proper forms. She says she won't do them for me. We've had enough favors from her. She says it should catch up to you when you dock at Fenris Precinct Station. I don't know what to say. I'm writing this on the back porch of the schoolhouse, which is one of the buildings that made it through the fire. There are midges gathering by the porch lamp. There's a marsh duck hiding in the bushes, no doubt waiting to take a bite of my heel. Joke's on you, marsh duck. I'm wearing my good boots. I... I don't know what to say. I mean... I don't know what to do. I want to do something. I want to help. I want to take this whole situation apart and lay it down and break it open and fix it. But you're there, in it, fighting it, arguing with whatever lawyer they've appointed you, probably trying to teach yourself law on the side, not giving up. Please tell me you're not giving up. You seemed resigned when you left. We couldn't stop Herschel from taking you, but surely we can fight this. These false, twisted charges. Blaming you for a death that didn't... That wasn't your fault. Amelia says this will likely get read by station personnel before it gets to you. It's in the forms. I'm sending over a statement as one of your scout charges describing your responsible and professional conduct over the last three years. You kept me safe and alive. You kept Priyanka safe and alive. You did your best by Mikhail. There's always risks in scouting. I'm also attaching some of his letters, describing his working relationship with you and the confidence and comfort he had in your guidance. I'm hoping they help your case. Fenris Precinct is new settlement space, so all their funding is settlement office money. I know that. I want to think this is still going to be about the facts. The truth. Because the truth is the only thing I can give or help with. I don't know how to bribe a judge or fight the settlement office or get you out of there. All I've got is the truth which is that you don't deserve to be there and you don't deserve to be punished for what happened to Mikhail. He made his choices. I know you've made your choices too. I know you're going to stand by those choices and not flinch. But while we can still fight this, please, fight this. Gwen. Dear Gwen, how are the vines holding up for sustenance? Are you checking your nutrient and vitamin intake and supplementing it properly? I'm sending you an old program I drafted up. If you install it on the hoverbots, they should be able to go scan flora and minerals for potential vitamin concentrations if you don't have enough. Calcium is important, Gwen. Anything that didn't burn, you've got to assign some bots to scrub down. It's possible even the structures less damaged by the fire will have to come down if there's smoke damage. How to scan for that should be in the manual, but write me if it's not clear. Filter your water for some time yet, just to be safe. And you should start constructing fire breaks in advance of the next wildfire, since it seems to be a recurring phenomenon there. Consider moving the settlement to a more defensible location, though I'm not sure what that is. Assign a few hoverbots to fire surveillance. They've got a standard routine for that. I've been on Fenris Station eight days now, just waiting for my spot in the docket to come up. It's much bigger than Euphoria, 
so the floors don't slope quite as dramatically. Too bad, really. I kind of miss feeling like if I walked fast enough forward, I'd just fall into a void. The holding cells are very social. There's a kid named Mo who's in for petty theft. A nice lass who's been forging papers out on Skellen. Some drunk and disorderlies who are pretty good chess players now that they've sobered up. We made a makeshift board. The bishops are balled up napkins, the pawns are spare change. Thank you for the letter, and for the character references. I'll make sure to pass them on to my representation. She's about five feet tall, named Jane, has 17 grandkids. She calls me dear. Warmly, Belle. Dear Belle, it's almost like you're not even gone. I wake up to a data download and a list of bossy tasks. I'm already filtering my water, thanks, because I continue to be a competent scout who doesn't like imbibing ash for fun. Don't worry. I know you, boss, because you care. And I like your vitamin scout program for the hoverbots. I was running a little low on vitamin B12, and that's going to be a lot more efficient than me going on walkabouts with my portable scanner, which was the plan. Hopefully some digestible flower stamen or something has enough that I can make a tea or... I don't know. Snort it? Well, I don't like how resigned you sound. We can still fight this. I want to help. Tell me how I can help. Dear Gwen, You are a help, I promise. Please keep writing letters. That's going to help a lot, I think. Verdict passed yesterday. Murder. I got 20 years. I'm fine. Please don't freak out. I knew what I was getting into. You know I knew what I was getting into. I know that you knew that I knew, and I still know you're probably freaking out right now. Gwen, it's going to be alright. I'll be alright. I, I knew. It's worth it. 20 years. Less with good behavior, I guess. I can work on good behavior. They can't be worse than Amelia, right? I'm pretty sure they can. I'm being sent to HADS. Medium security, general population. Same system as my old planet. The irony. I did pass on your character reference, but we mostly looked at the facts around Mikhail. I broke protocol. He's dead. They tried to argue it was malicious on my part. We mostly convinced them it wasn't, but... Well, malice or not, still my stone to carry, fair or not. This is where we're at. Tell me about the planet. Tell me you're trying to grind up the vines to make brownies with your limited cocoa supplies. Tell me how Boots is doing, about what Priyanka's reading and that she's sleeping right. Tell me about the rain the next time a storm comes around. Yours, Belle. Dear Belle, the planet's still turning. I'm laying out here on the grass, listening to the ducks bill in the weeds and watching the sky. The equinox is almost here, and I'm trying to decide what shapes the clouds are making. I think the equinox comes in a few days, if I'm keeping time right. 
the Minder AI would tell me, but I muted it. That was the original plan, right? It's just me and Boots now. The air is cold. I can smell limestone and peat. I haven't made brownies, but I have tried my hand at some pancakes. I'd do a lot for a waffle iron. Priyanka and I are going through Frankenstein at the moment. I need to get through another chapter by morning. How's that for not freaking out? I'm lying on the grass. The clouds are kind of blurry, but I'm not going to tell you why because you asked me not to freak out. And you're the one who's shoveling shit for the sake of choices we all decided were right. Well, Mikhail's dead, I guess, so he still wins. But I'm just laying here in the grass, my fingers growing a little icy, watching the storm roll in. It's really lovely, Belle. The slate gray sky... The curls and blooms of water vapor, the shapes the human brain can't help but see in random swirls of condensation. I wish you could help me identify them. Humulus, Cirrus, Stratus. I always forget which is which. I don't want you to stop fighting. I don't want you to give up. I won't stop writing. I promise. Gwen, this is where I'm at now. I've got to live here. I can't shake a rescue out of thin air again, and I can't push back against this. I'm here, and if I just sit here, hating it, that's when I die. That's giving up. I've got to live. You telling me to beat my fists against the station walls isn't going to help anything, and I know you want to help. I've been here a few weeks now, gone through intake and introductions. My new cellmate's name is Jebediah. Don't know what he's in for. Didn't ask, it seemed rude. He didn't ask me either, but he doesn't say much in general. He seems about 60. Maybe an old 40, who knows. Life can be hard. I found an old face in the crowd, though. Georgie Smith was on the crew who picked us up off my planet, and taught Ezra how to do cartwheels. We've kept in touch over the years, so I knew the law had caught up to him. I just didn't realize Hads was where he'd ended up. He's showing me around, which is nice. You know, as nice as it can be. Positive. Silver linings. Optimism. You were always better at being the optimist. I miss you. I'm alright. I promise I'll be alright. We got three fields sowed today. Those pretty purple flowers have got edible roots, it turns out, and I'm hoping they mature a little faster than the vines. The vines are good. I am working on brownies now, gambling with my cocoa stores, but we're gonna need more variety. I'm seeing if I can catch a swamp duck tomorrow, roast it up and check if it's toxic. Don't worry, I'm not checking by eating it. I've got the lab. Goodness gracious, Belle, it's like you have no faith in me. I'm riding you from the infirmary. Don't worry, I'm fine. A little bruised up, but the other guy looks worse, I swear. Only you. Belle, 
you're already in prison. How much more of a badass do you need to prove you are? Take a nap. I got a letter from our friend Drift. They're doing well. And we called it. They definitely got a boyfriend. Or the cultural equivalent, I guess. Anyway, their boyfriend is definitely writing us a goddamn book. There's a library on station with only 18 books in it. I don't know why, it's not like downloading a few more files would take any significant room. Actually, I do know why, it's a nonsense answer about the prison industrial complex and I'm too tired to write it down. I'm thinking about stars tonight. It's so weird that I'll never see them here on this planet. There's always just enough light to drown them out. Back home, in Gaia, we had a constellation called Driftwood. It was always my favorite. This little flurry of stars that dipped in and out over the horizon. So, driftwood. I don't know, it's soothing. I like imagining the sky as a sea. Always have. We call them ships, right? We set out to find solid land. I turned 30 yesterday. You probably know that. It seems like the kind of thing you'd keep track of. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Happy birthday, Gwen. Many happy returns. How's Boots? We've had a rash of solar flares here. Nothing too impactful, but we lost power for a few hours. Jebediah and I huddled up for warmth. He told me about his little sister. She's a chef on a traveling cruise starliner, and she apparently sends him the weirdest anecdotes. There was one about a loose octopus... Anna started seeing some young lady back home. She sent me a letter about their first date. Francine's a marine biologist, apparently, which Anna thinks will endear her to me. But I really just want to demand a dossier. Anna's my research gal, though, and I don't think she'll pull together the file for me quite like I want. I finished the last book in the library. I've been trying to savor them, but... I guess I either start over or write one. I did a recon trip up to the north coast yesterday. The first day was foggy, but it burned off around midnight. I could just barely see the other continent across the water. I'm going to build that boat someday, Belle. I swear it. I think I have a favorite meal here now. The chili just really beats the rest of the competition out. Georgie argues for the sloppy joes, but once you squash the crumbly, dry-as-fuck cornbread into the bland but filling chili slop, the meal just really makes itself. Do you ever have trouble sleeping, Belle? Do you count sheep? I never figured out how that helped. Maybe I'm doing it wrong? Tell me a story, Gwen. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful maiden in the wood, and a tree that dropped red rubies from its branches. Dear Peter, in a year and a half, I'm not going to be alone anymore. And I think I'm glad. That whole year on the ship, coming here, it was a little like being with you, if you'd been alive. If you'd been on another planet somewhere, like Pre or Mikhail. I still would have been alone in that ship, writing you letters. 
it made me feel like I hadn't lost you, because it was the same for me. Sitting alone, writing you letters. Except, I couldn't imagine you. Maybe I was never the one with imagination in all those old summers. Maybe it was always you who put magic into things. But I couldn't imagine you on a ship or taking your first steps on your planet, tasting the air, setting off to rescue a useless scout bot to thank it for a job well done. I can't imagine you screwing with the bot's programming or mimicking birdsong. I can't imagine you alive, because you're dead. And maybe I'm doing the same things I would have done today, if you'd been alive. Because I'd still be here. Alone. And I hate that, Peter. I hate that your life and your death mean nothing to my day-to-day, I would still be here. And you'd still be somewhere I have no way to fly to. I love you, Peter. I miss you. I couldn't save you. I could only watch. And now it's happening again. Dear Grandma, I know I haven't written in a while, but I figured you might have seen some stuff on the news. Gwen says the recordings got picked up pretty strongly on a lot of the news stations. I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm not sure it was that. The last people I tried to tell about what was happening to us down there, the last people I asked to care about what was happening, the ones who were supposed to, they didn't. And we cared. Yeah, everyone down on the planet cared. I could look around and see them crying and cheering up the kids and sorting supplies and caring. Caring so hard I could see it was going to kill some of us before the planet managed to. But they were down there, living it. I forgot, or I never knew, that sometimes strangers care. Sometimes people care even when it's not their own neck on the line. I hope you're not too worried, Grandma. I don't know what the news is saying about where I'm at now or if they mention that at all. But I'm alright. Roof over my head and three square meals a day. I've got a taciturn bunkmate, but he writes good poetry, it turns out. We're thinking of starting an open mic night. Love, your bell. Dear Anna, I'm so excited to hear you've gotten orange tier research access. I know you love kids, but I also know you love dusty archives of data chips. All the building I've been overseeing here has really given me a lot of interest in construction, planning, historical archives. I've been reading about the Wild West. You know, that lawless period of space exploration when the first outposts started going up. They used to have brigs on every space station, until they made stations to be exclusive prisons. Those have particularly caught my interest, while I not so patiently wait for my settlers to come. 300 more galactic days! 
So, if you see any archived building plans for prisons, jails, anything like that, if you see any you think might be of particular interest to me, I'd love to have them slipped into my monthly entertainment file. Tell mom and dad hi, and to stop watching the news. Love, Gwen. Dear Belle, It's midnight here, and blinding sunlight and raining buckets, because it's been that way for days, of course. I can't sleep, so I climbed up onto the roof. Can you hear the rain? I'm soaked through. I promise I'll come in soon, dry off, get toasty warm with a little cocoa. Boots is under the overhang, complaining at me. I can't sleep, but I think this will help. I wish I'd told you this when you could hear me say it aloud. I wish we'd ever had a moment we could talk face to face. You're the best person I've ever known, and I love you, Belle Summers. I love you, Belle, and I won't give up on that. Hi, Priyanka. I loved the latest book. Very lyrical. It made me hungry? But it also made me want to eat everything very slowly and, you know, savor. It's nice when stories make you want to savor something. I get to choose the next one, though, and are you ready? I'm sending you the book, attached, and yes, it's poetry. You'll live. Did you get the research I sent you on the neural implants for Parkinson's? Deep brain stimulation is a pretty scary term, though knowing you, you'll just think it's thrilling. But that degenerative disorder has a lot in common with what your brain's been going through. It might be something to look into. Also, um, I was wondering, do you think you could put me in touch with your uncle? The one who knows Belle. Gwen, I don't know what to say. I've known a lot of people, and Demoline's probably the best of them, but you're my favorite. Is that as good as what you said? Probably not. I'll try again. You're messy and silly and impossible and exhausting, and I want to hear your voice every day. I miss hearing your voice every day, and it's not that my friends here don't have nice voices, and it's not that this place is all that more dreary than my old office on Euphoria. I want to hear your voice every day. I want to see your face and hold your hand. I want to face the days with you, because you shouldn't be alone. And I want to be the reason you aren't alone. And there's probably someone better for it, but you seem to want this too. That's something I'm allowed to say, right? Something I'm allowed to assume? You, you said you loved me. And that's what it is, isn't it? I want to wake up next to you. I want to share your troubles. I want you to turn to me when things are too heavy, when 
I'm overwhelmed here. When I'm frustrated and trapped and helpless, I turn on my voice recorder, or I pick up a pen. There's no one like you, Gwendolyn Hartley. I'm lucky to have known you. I'm lucky to have had the time we did, and I'm lucky to have you still. In what ways that we can have each other. But, Gwen, I've got years left. Even in the best scenarios, even if every hope I have comes true. Please don't stop writing if you can, but please don't trap yourself in this cell with me. Even just your heart. You don't deserve it, and I couldn't stand it. Live. Love someone you can come home to. There's a lot of things I want that I can't have. I don't want to regret this. Gwen, I don't want you to regret me. Sorry, Belle. That's a whole lot of bullshit. You get to make your choices, and I get to make mine. My heart can live wherever it goddamn pleases. Don't stop writing. Don't stop living. How did the open mic go? Gwendolyn Hartley, you're impossible. That's why you love me. I did notice you didn't say it. But I heard it. I hoped you would. Dear Belle, nine months until Settler Day. Settler Day, what we've all been waiting for. I've got a Dr. Rodriguez as a last-minute sign-up, which I'm glad of. The only medical professional we had coming down was a psychiatric nurse. Don't get me wrong, that's important, but I'm glad to have someone with a little physical medical experience. Like, I'm sure I could do with some psychiatry at this point, but, well. Maybe I should have asked for a prosthetist. They're handy. I'm sending a book of poetry along. Naomi Shahab Nye. I think you'll like her. I think Jebediah and Georgie will too, so make sure you share. It delighted me all week to imagine you at an open mic night. Did you read some of your poems? Did you know you've still never let me see one? Dear Gwen, fine, here's a goddamn poem. See attached. And why do I know your eyes are brown? I mean, it is the most statistically likely color. Also, I may have pulled up your school ID headshot once, out of professional curiosity. You have a nice jawline. Congratulations. Dear Belle, I love having my eyes compared to dirt. Thank you. Amelia, I'm glad to hear you're settling in nicely, making enemies, achieving goals. I did like the romance novel you recommended, by the way. It's hilarious. You're shockingly right that I was writing to ask about a favor. Or, rather, a shared interest. I was doing some research, in all my copious free time, and I was thinking your new friends might be interested in a family reunion. I've tracked down some of their cousins who I don't think they've been able to see for a while. The station they're on is a bit... Hard to get to, but I've got a map, being sent your way by a friend of mine, and I know a guy who just got a job in their kitchens. One of his brothers will reach out. Always a pleasure with you, Gwen. Dear Gwen, 
Our fifth open mic night was a roaring success. We did it over lunchtime in the mess hall. They get less twitchy about us congregating in the mess hall than in the gym. I think they'd like us to not have the gym at all, with all that free-arranging associating, but they don't want our bones turning to jello out here. It'd be awkward. Sulin, the neighbor kid I was mentioning, she did this beautiful metaphorical ramble thing on birthday cake and gluten matrices and star travel. I don't know exactly how it worked, but some of us may have cried. Frederick did a funny one that he'd memorized from back home, with great rhythms and too many puns. We don't ask people to write their own stuff if they remember something they can recite instead. The point is to have a poem to listen to, you know? It doesn't matter where it came from. I read one of mine, a nature one, because we don't get much of that, and it's nice to imagine. Georgie told me it was nice. He misses trees. Dear Belle, Happy birthday. 33. That's a pretty one. I hope you like your present. Six months until my settlers come. The ship's left Taversvi its first port. Should be picking up a few more folks and supplies in Green's Landing. I've been reading through their specs, prepping everything. Dear Belle, I haven't heard from you in a few weeks now. Are you in the infirmary again? Did someone not like one of your poems and now you're sulking? From the infirmary? Did they relocate you? Are they holding your letters? Please write back when you can. Belle, where are you? Dear Jebediah, my name is Gwen Hartley. I'm a friend of Belle's. They haven't written in two months now, and I'm getting worried. Please let me know if they're okay. Hey, Boots. Yeah. What you think? Gonna be a good day? Harvest is in. I was hoping we'd get the town hall all built by the time they came, but we've got places for folk to sleep, eat, and store things, and that's good. Settlement ship in range. Quarterly data download incoming. Oh, let's see what we got. Uh, letters from mom, dad, Anna... And nothing from Belle. Well, let's see what Anna has to say. <clears throat> Dear Gwen, I know this won't get to you for months. Until your next data package shipment gets beamed down once the settlement ship is within range. But I just wanted you to know there was a... A smuggler attack on the Had's prison station complex yesterday. I was watching the news, trying to stay up, working on a new arts and crafts project for the kids, see attached, and I saw it. What a thing. It didn't say any damage estimates, but it looks like at least a half dozen prisoners escaped. Well, on to cheerier things. If you're reading this, it means your settlers are almost there. Isn't that exciting? 
I like Dr. Didi especially. We've been exchanging tea recommendations since you passed on her contact information. She's a lovely soul, though you're right, a little anxious. Sweet, though, and so very brave. I've been thinking a lot about what you said in your last letter. You always make me think, little sister, and it's your best blessing and your worst quality. Sometimes, a gal just wants to watch some cartoons and teach eight-year-olds how to cut out snowflakes. You said you felt helpless. First off, you're preparing for supporting and shaping the lives of dozens or hundreds of strangers. So I'm going to challenge the basic premise of your statement. But I think I can imagine what you mean and where you're coming from, seeing as what you've been through lately. You're alone on a planet. The universe is wide and vast and so many of the people you love are outside of your reach. You can't touch them, change their world, or save them. All you can do is speak to them across solar systems and years. I can move in ways you can't right now. I can hop on a ship or take the interstate over and hug mom and dad. But I feel it too. Every time I read a letter from you and see between the words all the ways you're hurting. I want to help. I want to fight the sadness. And I feel like I can't. I feel helpless. But we're not helpless, Gwenny. All we can do is speak to each other, yes, but sometimes people listen. Sometimes they hear you and they act or change or heal. Sometimes people care. Sometimes the only thing you can reach them with is your voice and your words, but it doesn't mean we're powerless. It just means our power depends on people listening. And sometimes they do. So I hope you hear me, little sister. I hope you hear me, and you know it's going to be all right. Love, Anna. Boots, can you hear them? The settlement ship. Are you still on this old frequency? And do you read me? Oh my god, it worked! Gwen, what the fuck? You organized a prison break from the ground on monitored channels? You contacted smugglers, you conscripted my old settlers, you asked Amelia for help? Did you do anything that could be traced back to you? Are you okay? I haven't gotten any news except for what Anna can smuggle in. Are you okay? The harvest came in all right? There hasn't been any fallout from this? I'm okay. I'm... I can see your planet through the window screens. It's so green, Gwen. I'm okay. I I'm good. I just can't believe you did it. I, I picked up my head one day in the mess hall, and there was Ernesto frickin' Rodriguez grinning down at me over a line of sloppy joes. They got you out and on the settlement ship all right? Yeah. I got a storage crate all to myself. Two last-minute additions to the manifest. Two? Yeah, me and Demoline shipped them Gigo. And I, uh, I got them to add some tuna fish to the supply requisitions. <laughs> oh, they're not going to come looking for you here. Even if they find out, somehow, 
It won't be cost-effective. So, no plutonium yet, then? Not yet. I'll see you on the ground, Bell. I'll... Yeah. Gwen, I'll see you on the ground. Dear Peter, it's been a long time. I guess I'm not quite as lonely anymore. Bell's right. People land and suddenly your whole world just explodes with endless errands. I am not getting my mandated six hours of sleep every night, but, well, you make choices, don't you? I miss you. I won't stop missing you, I think. But there are whole weeks and months where I don't think of you at all, and I'm glad. It feels a little like losing you all over again, but I did lose you. I was always going to lose you. And Peter, I need to live. I think a lot about missed opportunities, the way taking paths always always closes doors. I want to not hate that. I want to love where I'm at. But maybe I can hate the way we lose things and still love everything I have. Goodbye, Peter. I made it to our stars. I built a home in them. A good one. A warm one. I'm right here and I'm good I'm happy This episode of Second Star to the Left was written by E. Jade Lomax and directed and edited by Rachel Kellum. Gwendolyn Hartley was played by Ashani Kanitkar. Belle Summers was played by Joran Boss. Additional voices by Amber Schneider. Original music was composed and recorded by Adam Rubin and Joran Boss. Second Star to the Left was created by E. Jade Lomax and Aisha Farah. <laughs>